Hey, welcome to Something About Astrology. This is Chris. And this is Almy. And we know something about astrology. Almy is a Scorpio. I'm a Sagittarius. And today is December 7th. Mm-hmm. And this is going to cover December 7th through the 11th. 7-11. 7-11. Yeah. That's lucky, a lucky number, right? Or Sure. It's a familiar number. It's a familiar number. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Well, I'm going to start by uh, talking a little little bit about last week because Almy and I were talking a little bit about how technically we all have all the signs represented in our charts. So yes. even if we identify as a Scorpio uh, for our sun sign or even if we identify as a Virgo, we have all the signs in our chart in some capacity doing something in one of our houses, one of the 12 houses. Um, so for Almy, mm. uh, especially since we're currently in Sagittarius, and yes. and Almy is not a Sagittarius, no. she's a Scorpio, uh, but you can look at her chart and see where is it that Sagittarius influences her. Oh, do tell. Yeah, and Almy, your seventh house is ruled by Sagittarius. Okay. The seventh house is the house of partnerships and relationships. <gasps> oh. And since you have Sagittarius in that house, you probably want to live with a Sagittarius, which you do. I do. Yeah, so there you go. Aww. Um, But, you know, above and beyond that, you know, in, in as far as relationships go, because it has a Sagittarius influence... You might want some space and freedom within your relationships. You might want some humor in your relationships. And, you know, you might want space for yourself. You might want to give your partner space. Um, and when I say space, it's not like you say to your partner, now go out there and hit the strip clubs. It's more like not looking over your partner's shoulder, uh, every move they make, micromanaging, that kind of stuff. Yes. Speaking of space, I think we've given our cat too much space. I don't know if you can hear that in the background, but we went in to do our podcast and shut the door in our closet, and it sounds like she is wreaking havoc out there. What's going on? Pin. Yeah, okay. Pin is, is going nuts, and that's just, uh, I think she's just excited for 2020 to be over. Hey. There's only a few weeks hey. left now. All right. Uh, we can always edit this part out. I'm going to shut the door, and we'll carry on, but I have never heard her freak out like that. She was tearing boxes apart. Yeah, she's yeah. on another level. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? Oh, also, going back to Elmi's seventh house. Please. You also have the planet Uranus in the seventh house. <laughs> and anytime you have Uranus anywhere in your chart, whatever house it's in, it means you probably have some un- unconventional thinking oh. in that aspect of your life. Interesting. So with, yes, so with the seventh house house ruled by Sagittarius, and then also with the planet Uranus in that seventh house, that's probably why you ended up with a weirdo like me. All right. Yay. So there you go. Um, but speaking of Sagittarius, did you know that, well, I think a lot of people know that the ruling planet of Sagittarius is Jupiter. Each sign is assigned to a planet or sometimes multiple signs to the same planet. Right. Okay. But for Sagittarius's case, it is ruled by the planet Jupiter. And I had no idea about this until just last week. But Jupiter does not orbit the sun. Okay. Did you know that? You know, I never really thought about it. Uh, sure, that makes sense. Yeah, but it just I just always thought all the planets orbited the sun. But Jupiter says, no, 
we're good. And I think that's the perfect planet to represent Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because yeah. Sagittarius is very freedom-loving, all yeah. about the freedom. Yeah. And it's ruled by a planet that says, we don't need the sun, we're good. Yeah. We'll do our own thing, we'll figure it out, but we don't need that routine of orbiting the sun day in and day out. That is so boring to Jupiter. Jupiter's like, nah, we're fine. Yeah, and Scorpio's ruling planet is Pluto, right? Correct, okay. it used to be Mars. Oh. And then when Pluto was discovered, they said, let's give this to Scorpio instead. Right. Uh, but originally, Scorpio was, uh, Mars was considered Scorpio's ruling planet. Right. And, you know, why not have it still be that? A lot of people will look at it that way, saying, okay, Scorpio, technically the ruling planet, dwarf planet, whatever you want to call it, is Pluto. But it certainly has a history with the planet Mars. So a lot of people mm -hmm. consider both Mars and Pluto to both be um, okay. Scorpio's ruling planet. Pluto may not even still be a planet. Whatever happened with that? There are documentaries uh, on Netflix. I was watching one uh, a couple months ago now, but I can't remember the name of the guy, but there was some dude and uh, science. What do you call the people who study this stuff? I don't know. Astronomer? Astronomer, maybe. Yeah, but he was the one that kind of spearheaded this let's not have Pluto be a planet oh. anymore deal. And. Um, yeah, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I would not personally want to mess with the planet Pluto. I mean, that's like messing with the mob or the mafia. I would <laughs> okay. not want Pluto mad at me. So okay. best of luck to this dude. But yeah, there are um, there's plenty of information out there about why it is no longer considered to be a planet. Um, but did you know Jupiter has 79 known moons? Whoa. And it could potentially have as many as 600. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's Jupiter. Uh, let's switch gears real quick. Let's talk about a less fun planet. That would be the planet Saturn. Oh. And Saturn is doing some interesting stuff the next couple of weeks in that it is gearing up to leave Capricorn for the sign of Aquarius. Mm. And this will influence all of us, whether we're aware of it or not. Now, today's a big day, December 7th. Saturn is currently at 29 degrees of Capricorn, which means that it's in the final degree of Capricorn before it moves into Aquarius. And they say any time a planet is in the 29th degree, that's a critical point. Okay. So certain things might be accelerated. Uh, you know, Saturn, they say, is the planet that teaches us lessons, lessons that we're maybe supposed to learn in this lifetime. It's about karma. It's about being accountable in certain areas of our life. So when Saturn went into Capricorn back in December of 2017, that was when this particular phase began. And Saturn by itself is all about responsibility. You pair it up with the sign of Capricorn. And Capricorn is also very much about responsibility, uh, being professional, doing the right thing, being, being ethical. And Saturn is technically in its home sign when it's in Capricorn mm. because Saturn rules Capricorn. That's uh, Capricorn's ruling planet. Okay. Now that it's about to leave Capricorn after hmm, about three years here, any lessons that we might have needed to learn that we haven't learned yet, there could be a little bit of a catch-up thing here. Uh, catch-up as in catch-up, not catch-up, but sure. uh, where we need to learn these lessons in the next couple of weeks. So certain things might kind of slam into our life. 
uh, we'll see what happens here. And, and again, hey, if you already learned your lessons, then there's nothing to worry about. Or maybe you weren't supposed to learn any lessons in this particular phase. But usually Saturn is all about uh, holding us to higher standards in our lives, taking us to task, all that fun stuff. So let's see what happens in the next couple of weeks because it will officially go into Aquarius on December 17th. Okay. And then it will not return to Capricorn for about 30 years or so. Um, and a lot of people are saying they're very excited about Saturn moving into Aquarius because Saturn in Capricorn can be especially heavy energy. Mm. When it goes into Aquarius, then all of a sudden Saturn will be forced to think outside the box a little bit because Aquarian energy is about what is possible, what's mm, new, new ways of thinking, almost sometimes uh, absurd ways of thinking, but definitely outside the box thinking. So it'll we'll be getting away from uh, limited beliefs, limited thinking in, in that capacity. But at the same time, Saturn does provide a structure in this world, which is a good thing, you know. Um, and we'll see if there's any lessons that we needed to learn uh, in these next couple of weeks here. So I'll be watching for that in my chart for sure. And, you know, I've had Saturn transiting my first house since uh, December of 2017. And what's your first house? Well, that's your rising sign house. So your first house is how you project yourself to the world. How do people see you? Mm. It's not necessarily your authentic self, but it's how people see you and what you put out there, how you want people to see you. And with Saturn going through my first house, you know, these last few years, honestly, I've had a little uh, issues with just my look. Like, how do I want to look to people? Okay. Do I want to have my usual big hair? Do I want my hair to be super short? I've, I've gone both ways on that. Do I want to wear glasses? Do I not want to wear glasses? How about my weight? How am I feeling about that? All that kind of stuff. My style, um, all those things. So I'm eager for Saturn to get out of my first house so that maybe I can start feeling a little more confident in that area instead mm. of it feeling like it's kind of been a, a bit of a lab experiment the last few years trying okay. to figure out who the Chris Dodson is that I want to put out there to the world. Okay. Uh, so I'm excited for it to leave for that reason. I will still have Pluto uh, in my first house, which is <laughs> uh, not necessarily going to help with confidence, but at least Saturn will get the heck out of there, and then I can just deal with Pluto on my own. And as far as you go, Almy, yeah. Saturn has been transiting your eighth house. Okay. And that is the house of birth, death, mystery, Enemies, revenge, transformation, and deep bonding. So when well, it sounds like a bummer of a house, I don't really. Yeah, like right. That. Yeah, I know. It's not necessarily the the. It's a starter home. Let's put it that <laughs> way. And uh, so that will eventually leave Saturn will leave your eighth house. It'll move into your ninth house. Oh, okay. Which rules higher learning, international travel, that kind of fun stuff. So, have you felt the effects of Saturn being in your eighth house the last three years, Elmi? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. Saturn. And as long as I'm in the mood to ask Almy questions, I think we should transition to the Ask a Scorpio segment oh. of the show. As we know, Almy is a Scorpio, oh, and yeah. every week I like to ask her a question to get her Scorpio perspective oh, yeah. on life. And Almy, you recently conducted a poll on your Instagram story asking people, whether they preferred the holiday film Home Alone or the holiday film Home Alone 2 more. 
And how did that poll go, Elmi? Was there a clear winner? I think the poll ended in a dead heat. It was split 50-50. Home Alone 2 was uh, pulling ahead in the beginning. And then everyone else showed up and was like, no, no, the original's better. But I think it ended with them tied. Wow, okay. So there you go. Uh, At least our country right now is very polarized. And you can see that we're polarized all the way down to Christmas movies as we can't decide which one is better, Home Alone or Home Alone 2. Again, who is the slight edge to? I think the slight edge was to Home Alone 2, but that's because I was coming from a place where I was saying, I like this better. And I think that made other people more comfortable to say, oh, you know what? I Mm. also like the sequel better. You know what I mean? If I come at it from a place of Home Alone is so much better, Home Alone 2 is a disgrace, Hmm. then I think that would have influenced the results as well. There's always, you know, a bias and people will pick up on that bias if uh, they feel like it. So I do think Home Alone 2 was pulling ahead and it got even. I really didn't check it towards the end, and I should have. It's possible Home Alone 2 may have pulled ahead by, like, two votes. Hmm. But I'm going to say, for the most part, it was pretty evenly divided, which I think that's great. I understand a lot of people don't like the sequel better. I'm surprised it got as many votes as it did. So I'm fine with a tie. And why is it, again, that you prefer Home Alone 2? Well, you know, first of all, I prefer the setting better. I Mm. think being lost in New York is way more exciting than being left at your house. Right. And I like that Tim Curry is in it. I think he's fantastic. I think Rob Schneider is great, too. I like that they use real birds in that um, bird lady scene and in all the bird scenes. Those would be CGI now. I cannot believe that they said to Joe Pesci, we're going to put some birds on you. And he was like, yeah, okay. Mm. Um. And really, I honestly, I don't remember the first time I ever saw Home Alone. I guess I was just like, it's maybe like a year before my memory started to kick Mm -hmm. in because I was little. But I do remember the first time I saw Home Alone 2. Saw it with my family in the movie theaters. And I really liked it. And, you know, our family would go to New York um, at least once a year for family there. So we'd always had a connection to New York. And I mean, I did. So I just thought it was really fun that all the characters were there and were, you know, going to the places that I'd gone to. And so I think childhood nostalgia certainly plays a part mm. in that. But overall, I do think it's way more exciting to be on your own, lost in New York City, finagling your way into the Plaza Hotel than it is to just like be left at home in your large, comfortable house. I mean, yes, there were burglars, but I still don't understand why they didn't try harder to tell the kid he was going to be okay. Remember like that one police, the cop goes to the house, bangs on the door and Kevin's hiding under the bed. And then the guy radios in and he says, oh, no one's here. Tell them to count their kids again. It's like, <laughs> what, that was it? Like, come on, more of an effort could have been made. But with him being lost in a different state before cell phones, I feel the stakes were raised and it was more interesting. So uh, looking back, I I love both movies, of course, but I really do prefer Home Alone 2. I just think it's funnier. I think it moves along faster and better and Mm. and that it's just a more interesting movie, even though it's basically a remake of the first one. I think they hit upon the things that I was missing from the first one. So Uh, There you go. That's the Scorpio's take on why Home Alone 2 is a better film than Home Alone, or at least more enjoyable. Cool. And thank you, Almy. We appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Sure. 
So that was Ask a Scorpio. Um, now, this past weekend, there was a lot of fire in the air. Yeah. There was the, the sun, which is currently- Not like literal fire. Not literal fire. fire. We should make that clear. There was a fire in Orange County. We hope everyone's okay, but yeah. we mean this in more of a- Yeah, in the, in the last astrological yeah. setting, a lot of uh, fire signs yes. were, were uh, featured significantly last weekend. The sun is in Sagittarius. The moon was in Leo over the weekend. And Mars, the planet of action, continues to be in Aries. And I personally felt it. It was a fun weekend, but also an exhausting weekend. I just felt everyone around us was just on a mission. Yeah. Uh, it just, there was no, it was not a relaxing weekend. It was a very active weekend. And also part of that, at least in California, was gearing up for another uh, three-week lockdown right. here. So I'm sure that was part of it, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, however, today, Monday, the moon is now in Virgo. So the fire sign energy, that party is over, and now it's time to get back to work. Now, with the moon forming in opposition to dreamy Neptune today, we might be feeling a little more groggy than normal. We might have a little trouble getting going. So if you're not able to get everything done on Monday that you had hoped to, that's okay. That's kind of the way the energy is trending anyway. Mm -hmm. But by Tuesday, the Virgo moon will be forming trines, with Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn, which are all in Earth signs right now. Mm. And that'll be a better day for taking care of business matters and for catching up on stuff maybe you didn't get done on Monday when everyone was in their Neptune fog. Mm -hmm. So if you are in a fog today, enjoy it. Enjoy the fog. You know, just relax, chill, read a book, have a cup of tea, whatever nice. it is you do when you experience fog. We give you permission. Yeah. Now, later in the day on Tuesday, and I'm talking 4 p.m. on the East Coast, coast 7 p.m. Pacific, the moon will go into Libra, and that will bring some air to things. Oh. Right now, if you look at a snap sh uh, snapshot of a, of a chart, you'll see that we're very heavy on fire signs. We're heavy on earth signs. We have a little bit of water thrown in, but we don't have any air. And air is that element that allows us, obviously, to breathe and to detach from things and see different perspectives. So let's welcome that Libra moon on Tuesday to give us maybe a perspective shift in certain areas of our life if we need it. And, you know, we're also in between eclipses right now. We want mm. to keep that in mind. We had the one on November 30th, and there's another eclipse coming up on December 14th. So along with Saturn getting ready to move into Aquarius and maybe uh, teaching us some life lessons as it does do that, we're also dealing with these eclipses which can cause cause shifts in our lives. And those shifts might not be obvious to us quite yet, but I'd say that whatever shifting is needed to be done and will be done, it could happen by the end of the year, so maybe around uh, January 1st of 2021. Um, Wednesday's looking fairly pleasant, astrologically speaking, and the moon looks okay. And again, when I say moon, I'm talking about our mood. That's why I talk about the moon so much, because that's uh -huh. our, our collective mood. Sure, that's okay. the vibe everyone's going to be feeling out there in the world. Um, it looks okay for Wednesday, December 9th, but by Thursday, December 10th, the Libra moon will form squares to Pluto, Jupiter, and Saturn, and it will also oppose Mars, oh. which is in Aries. And the Libra moon is not really excited about any of that, I'm sure, 
because the Libra moon just wants to socialize and and just have a pleasant time. It doesn't want to have to deal with these heavy hitting planets. Um, so what does moon oppose Mars mean? Because I mentioned that the moon will be forming in opposition to Mars. And that just means we might be especially irritable on Thursday. Oh. Little things probably will annoy us, that kind of stuff. So Thursday, yeah, that's a day to practice patience however you can. Okay. Because uh, it might be yeah, a little prickly out there. But yeah, I won't, I'll mention this stuff next week. But anyway, Thursday evening, the moon will go into Scorpio. Um, so we're already going to be a little annoyed. And then when it goes into Scorpio, uh, there might be a little more intensity brought to things. But Scorpio energy is all about transitions and transformations and acknowledging the things in life that you might need to work on. So as I mentioned with these eclipses, with Saturn do, doing its thing, once the moon shifts into Scorpio, if there is some darker stuff we need to work on within ourselves or, or changes that we need to make that are just difficult changes, the Scorpio moon might actually help with that because the Scorpio moon is not afraid, you know, to dig beneath the surface and get a little dirty, okay. you know, sure. and, and, and acknowledge that certain things need to be done. And then Friday, the moon, the Scorpio moon, will butt heads with Uranus, which is in Taurus. Um, They're going to form an opposition. So we'll just be coming off a moon-Mars opposition. Then we're going to have a moon-Uranus opposition. And um, I don't know, there could be some impulsive behavior from yourself or others on Friday. Uh, Frustration could potentially boil over. Okay. That kind of a deal. Um, So the end of the week's looking a little, yeah. But by Saturday, uh, Venus, the planet Venus, which is about, you know, beauty, love, getting along, smoothing things over, that planet, which is already in Scorpio, it's going to form a conjunction with the moon uh, in Scorpio. So, you know, they always say Venus doesn't feel particularly comfortable when it's in Scorpio, but with the moon being in Scorpio along with it on Saturday, I think that can be a really good thing for that Scorpio Venus. It could be good for all of us as far as intimacy goes. Sex could be good. I don't know. It's a good day to have sex. Sure, Saturday, (laughs) Venus and the moon in Scorpio, go for it. Um, Or just, you know, talking about those uncomfortable topics that you know you have to address and you know you have to face. Okay. So, yeah, you know, it's going to be some heavy lifting towards the end of the week. But as I always hang in there, it's going to be A-OK. We are getting through the toughest parts of this year, at least astrologically now. And 2021 is definitely looking... uh, more optimistic <laughs> we'll leave it at that okay. anyway thanks for tuning in as always we love you i think elmy's gonna have us uh relax here oh yeah let's take this out with a couple of nice deep breaths get comfortable close your eyes if you like and very slowly take a nice deep breath in and slowly gently release follow that breath all the way out And then let's take one more. So ready? Nice, slow, deep breath in. And a nice, slow breath out. And thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a great week.